Now tonight, as well you know, we're going to contrast the angels and the demons. So we'll read, first of all, in the Gospel by Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 and verse 2 says, And when he, that is the Lord, was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often burned with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder. Now look at verse 6, And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud, a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send that he would that he would not send them away out of the country, but there was there nigh unto them in the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and you know how they entered the swine and so on. And uh, verse uh, verse fifteen and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had a legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid now look chapter 15 please Just, I'm not going to read too much but I'll read a little <coughs> verse number 7 I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons that need no repentance and then verse 10 likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now we just slip over to the first Corinthians chapter five, chapter eleven. Then you have, you know, the verse number three. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, doth honor his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. For if the women be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as the image and glory is the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man, and the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels now a final reading in the book of Revelation please chapter 12 verse number 7 and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not neither was their place found any more in heaven and the great dragon was cast out and 
that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out unto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now that will do for reading, I'm sure. We could read many more, but we mustn't think of that. <coughs> it's almost beyond our thinking to realize that there are myriads of uh, beings in existence that have never been seen by human eyes and can't be seen by us and nevertheless they exist because they are spirits and as you know spirits are not visible to the naked to the human eye uh, they are not seen by us apart from when they assume a body as they often did in the Old Testament now all of the people in the meeting tonight have heard of angels and I'm sure most have heard of demons I think that's a subject that you've heard mentioned, not much said about it, and that we are going to think about it tonight. First of all, let us also remember that they are both created by God. Now, apparently from our Bible, now we're only giving you what we can see from uh, putting scriptures together, they were in existence before the earth and creation was made, so that they're a long time in existence. They never were born. There's no such thing as an angel born. They can neither beget each other, nor they can't develop each other. They're all directly made from the hand of Almighty God. They are freshly created beings. They were evidently present on creation's morn, for we're told there that when they saw creation being made, the morning stars sang together. And all the sons of God shouted with joy. Now I take it the last expression in all probability refers to those created beings shouting for joy when God launched the creation at the very beginning. Now I hope we're clear on that. That is, they were sharing that wonderful experience. Now it's quite obvious that they weren't, there was no such thing as God making or creating demons. Now get that into your mind. That is the word demons when they're created. Such creatures would never come from the hand of a holy God. But they were brought into that condition by a fall. We might have read the verses. We don't read everything in the Bible. You couldn't do it in a meeting like this. But it's evident that the uh, demons are of the same, uh, we may say, the same makeup as angels, but they are evil uh, operators. And they are no less, subject, no less subjects of divine operation, for God did bring, into exist, bring them into existence, but not in the condition that they're in now. I take it we gather from our Bible, with the different passages, and I would need a lot of time to think them all out, that there was a rebellion in heaven, and angels had to make their choice. Some chose to take sides with the rebel, and they became demons. That's how we see it. And they fell along with their master. And they came down into spheres of darkness, and they lost the light and glory that once, once was theirs. Always remind us, reminding us that the same principle now, the same principle holds good with mankind today. The difference, of course, with mankind and with angelic beings is that man is a created being, undoubtedly, in a certain sense. But he has inherited the, the results of the fall because of his link with Adam. But he too has a choice to make. And his choice will decide where he'll spend eternity as we preach often in the gospel. It's quite obvious that those created beings were put to the test. 
And when put to the test, many of them took sides with the devil. And they became, now we read about it, the devil and his angels, his messengers. That's the idea behind the word angel, his messengers. So that there's a great host, a countless host of created beings adoring and praising God and acting in accordance with his will and carrying out his commission right throughout the whole course of history. Mind you, that's worth thinking about. And these creatures will exist forever. And they have many lessons to teach us because we, we don't learn directly from angels and we don't worship angels. We don't be carried away with what was troubled, that troubled the Colossian saints. We keep ourselves clear of that. On the other hand, we're not above learning from them and seeing certain features that mark them that are pleasing to God. One thing you can easily see from them is this, that wherever they were sent, they went. That's a simple thing, but maybe that's, really, that's, that's important. That would let, let me learn anyhow as a, ch- a child of God, and you young believers get a hold of this, that one of the greatest, uh, we might say, assets of a believer is being simple enough as to do what he's told. Now, you know that we, we sing it at times. Maybe you don't sing it down here, but we sing it that uh, I was a wandering sheep. I did not love the fold. I did not love my master's voice. I would not be controlled. Maybe you sang that sometime here. Now, uh, you, what you want to get at is there's a rebel spirit in nearly every one of us. I think I need to put the word nearly in it. When every one of us, there's that spirit of rebellion. And you know that that was what was broken when we got saved. And since then we've been singing heartily. I hope we do. I bow me through thy will, O God, and all thy ways adore. And every day I'd live, I'd seek to please thee more and more. Another thing that you can't help but learn from the angels is not as this, that they have great reverence before God. A lesson that we all need to learn. Because I take it while I know a particular type of them that's referred to in Isaiah chapter 6, the seraphim, they veil their faces and they cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So that those created beings have a sense of the holiness of God. They have seen the dreadful reality of their fellows fallen and going down into darkness. And they therefore have a a reverential awe in the presence of a holy God. Now, you young believers, now, we don't want to be hard with you. We were young ourselves. I was only a schoolboy when I got saved. So you needn't be thinking that I was just a a wayseeker all at once. Not at all. We have got to learn the simple subject, but very important matter of holy reverence before God. If you're in a meeting, or if you're praying... There's a spirit of reverence expected from all who'd enter the courts of God. That's why we're careful about our language when we're speaking to God. Now, we don't, he doesn't worry about our English. He's not concerned whether we make a grammatical error or not. He knows what we mean, and we maybe don't always express it the best, as well as we should. But at the same time, we should use reverential language as best we can before our God, our great God, and his uh, blessed Son. Now, normally, spirits, as you know, has to do with heaven, or with that upper sphere, because, you see, uh, that was God's intention. You see, he had the heavens above, and he had them inhabited, and he meant those creatures to be constantly at his attendance, 
and constantly appreciating and constantly learning now another lesson we could get a hold of just when it's in my mind I'll mention it I don't mind remember all the things I should say another feature of angels is that they're learning oh you said I didn't know that and they're learning through the church the manifold wisdom of God now don't you be thinking that as the church is teaching them something now don't be so silly as to misunderstand the passage but when they look at God's wonderful plan in bringing about the church in saving Jew and Gentile and uniting them one in Christ and they see the great scheme that God has planned with infinite wisdom they are amazed at it it's opening up to their minds the great God that they worship is a wise and a wonderful a wonderful God of understanding and so they're amazed at that and they're learning from the church that is from God's great scheme in saving people in this generation and calling them out of the nations they're learning from that the infinite wisdom of God hope you're learning a bit about that I hope you get lost at times in your mind you say I don't want to come to meetings to get lost I want to keep in my senses well I hope you find that at times you've got to reach levels where you're, you just have to give up and you think of the fact that God had an eternal purpose and that a purpose was that he would have a companion for his son as we'll be speaking on next tomorrow night that will give him joy forever and so we are learning too the, the mystery of the wonderful scheme of the present age and dispensation and so those angels are willing to learn and they're intelligently learning now that will indicate to me something more that you shouldn't fail to notice that while we have and we've been dealing with this more extensively in a moment the demons coming in contact with the Lord Jesus during his public ministry there's one thing you notice about them that they all knew who he was and they were all intelligent enough to know that he was the son of God that was more than the creatures knew that were at his feet that was more than the people knew who were even being blessed by him that was more than was grasped by the people many of them questioned it they thought it was blasphemy while he was speaking the, the demons had no difficulty they knew that he was the holy one of God they knew he was shows that they have intelligence uh, uh, and they have understanding and they are certainly very able to think and then again <coughs> you will notice that the question has often been raised in our minds I suppose uh, what have we to do with these things why does that man take up that subject in, in Korean why is he no wit would he not be better to take up something that we're going to understand and something that we have we really need and something that we'd appreciate instead of wasting his breath at speaking now God means you to learn dear child of God and he means you to not only know that you're saved and on your way to heaven but he wants, to know, wants you to know all that he has been doing and all that he has been working at and all that is are surrounding him and all that is in his program and in his plan you will very clearly understand that there is no doubt whatever that uh, according to first Corinth, first Timothy chapter uh, 3 we've been dealing with it in Lurgan Conference God willing he, the Lord Jesus was seen of angels oh it's a somebody 
That's you that wouldn't surprise me, sure, weren't they up in heaven and so on? I take it it's not just merely that they saw him as the as the great creator or as their great maker, but they saw him in human form. You may not think it, but it must have been amazing to those created beings to discover that the one in whose presence they had veiled their faces in eternal glory in the past, that they actually saw him a man on earth, a babe in Bethlehem, and you know, as soon as he was born, they say, unto you was born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I would say the wonder of their minds was this. Can it be that our great creator has become a stranger in a world amongst men? A human body. And the Lord Jesus on earth, as we often say in meetings, and you always hear it, the greatest wonder on earth has been that one of the persons of the Godhead became man and dwelt upon it. And the greatest wonder in heaven will be that the highest pinnacle in glory is occupied by a man, no less a man than our blessed Lord, the man Christ Jesus. Now these are things worth thinking about. Angels were definitely interested in the incarnation. And then again, you will also know very clearly that as he had passed through, the Lord had passed through those 40, uh, 40 days in the wilderness, tempted of the devil, tempted of that awful arch enemy in a very direct way. I take it that the enemy took him on in, in, in all his force and power, tried to do with him what he had already successfully tried with Adam and had succeeded, as I've said. Now, you notice that when that's over, it says angels came and ministered unto him. That's a marvellous statement, isn't it? And you know that in the same idea, when it was in the garden, angels, as you'll also remember, they strengthened him. Angelic ministry. This is a bit, I want us to take a second, or just a second, in our minds, and think that it was one of the wonders of their experience that created beings unseen by man could succor and strengthen the Christ of God in his darkest hour. You may not grasp all that, you may not want to think about it, but to me it's one of the wonders of our Bible, and it's one of the statements that we need to ponder continuously, to realize that those created beings were given the wonderful honor, which to them was a wonderful honor, to be supporters of Christ in his darkest hours upon the face of this world. Then again, you will see that they not only celebrated his birth, and they comforted him in his trials, but they were very consciously present at his resurrection. All of you know right well that they're seen in two different places in the story of the resurrection. They were seen outside the tomb, and they were seen inside the tomb. And they were watching the place where the Lord lay. What a wonderful experience it was for them to think that their Lord had been put to death and wrapped in, in linen and put in a tomb. And then to think that he had risen from the dead, a man in the glory, a real man, and there with a glorified body, in another form as the Gospel by Mark makes clear. That is to say, the Lord Jesus is seen in three forms in your Bible. 
He's in the form of God. That's in his eternal existence. And then he became the form of a servant. That's how we are seen amongst men. And then in resurrection he had another form. In a resurrected body. And all the occasions where he appeared after his resurrection, you always get those words, he appeared. He appeared unto them. He appeared unto them. He never stayed with them. He never slept with them. He had finished with that. He was in another form. He was in resurrection form. Now keep these things clear in mind, because everybody doesn't think about them, and they don't often be mentioned in public meetings. Now, uh, we, we want you to see more than that that the angelic beings are going to be associated with Christ in his coming kingdom because when he comes he'll have the host of heaven with him to set up his kingdom and you all know right well that he's bringing his holy ones with him in that coming, coming crowning day it'll be a great scene on earth you know when Christ the Lord uh, bursts open the heavens and comes down. It was a wonderful moment, you know, when he opened up the heavens and went up. But it'll be an also a great wonder to the world when the heavens are opened and when Christ the Lord will come down again with his holy angels in association with him. The armies of heaven following in him is not the way the Bible puts it. All interested not only in his time here below. This is the bit I want you to see. Not only in his time here below, for they were interested in that, but they'll be interested in his coming kingdom, and they'll be interested in to see their blessed Lord, whom they once saw upon a cross, to see that he'll be reigning, and he'll be the King of kings and Lord of lords. As we sometimes sing, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth its successive journeys run, his kingdom stretch from shore to shore, till moon shall wax and win no more. Now, have you got all that in your mind? They not only watched him in his humiliation, they saw him in resurrection, and they're going to be associated with him in his manifestation. Now, I've rushed through that fairly quickly. The question then that we have to think about just for a minute, only for a minute or so, and that is, uh, what are they doing now? What are they doing now? Well, we read you that verse. I know you mightn't all agree as to what it means. Uh, joy in the presence of the angels of God over sinners that repent us. I would take it that as souls are saved, they rejoice. That's a triumph for their master. And thus a wonderful display of God's mighty power and mercy. That angels share the joy of salvation. Not that they are saved themselves, or that they were ever offered salvation, and we'll give you the reason for that possibly if we don't forget. And there'll be wonderful joy in their hearts to think of the prosperity. Many a time we feel that we just haven't as much of it as we'd like to have. You say, what do you mean? We don't get the joys we'd like to have and see them so saved. Mind you, we should have more joy at it. There's an awful spirit has got into some quarters, and you know, if somebody says they're saved, well, we'll wait and see. And it's as flat as a door, you know, there's, there's, there's not, no real joy in it. We'll wait and see. As much as they're saying it might be right and it might be wrong. I'm not saying everybody who says he's saved is saved. Now, we don't want you to think that, and we're not so silly. And I've had to tell people that told me they got saved in my meetings, I've said, but now look, see, you didn't get saved, so don't be telling anybody. I just told them straight. They hadn't got saved, so they hadn't done anything. And they would be finding it out later on. 
But we do want us to think that there should be real joy in our hearts as we hear of God delivering soul. And as we were singing there, another soul to Jesus born. It's a cause for great delight to our hearts. I hope it is. Don't lose that dear sense of God. Don't get so dry and hard that you just hardly know when a soul saved that you have any thrill in your breast left. Don't be flat about it. Let us rejoice with God and his wonderful doings in grace. And the second thing that I want to mention is this. We read quite extensively, maybe longer than we intended, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, whatever else we may make from that, I'm not saying we could explain it all. The point we do want to emphasize is this, that whatever way you like to look at it, angels are observing the gathered companies of God's people. Well, that seems to be obvious. Now, I'm not pushing it too far. And they expect to see. Now, they expect to see in the sisters and in the brethren that which is becoming to them. The brethren with their head uncovered simply because they're taking the place of head the sister with her head covered now you know in the religious world at least in Lurgan yonder I don't know about Korean practically all the women folk who go to the different religious places they go with their head uncovered and they don't even have any covering with them in their handbags or anything like that they don't believe in covering their heads but the Bible makes it perfectly clear that sisters should gladly cover their heads in a company of Christians and then again they are demonstrating by that by their head covering the headship of Christ now that is clear and that is supported by the fact well that it it is something that you should be quite content about and quite happy about for you've already covered their hair would cover their shoulders because it's long they don't cut their hair or remove it because it's their glory they cling to it because it's their glory and they don't let it go and you see they have their long hair and they have their covered head and the angels are looking on and they expect to see that because they submit to God they expect that the believer will be equally submissive and demonstrated in his conduct or her conduct at the Lord's Supper or wherever she gathers. Now these are solemn things and simple things. Very simple things. People might wonder why uh, uh, say, there, there's an odd crowd that goes to the Gospel Hall. I don't know what such beings they are. You see now all the women going with hats on them. We only wear a hat when we're going to the wedding. And uh, we, we never think of a hat, you know, but uh, those creatures, they're all, those women are all going with hats on them. Well, what's their idea? But we just don't do it because we think it's nice or because we like a nice hut or because we think that we're properly dressed if we hadn't one. We, we do it for another reason. We demonstrate by that that there is headship acknowledged and confessed in the company. Now, I think that is, uh, is, fairly, is fairly clear. Then again, uh, we, we have to remember that uh, there is a passage, I didn't read it, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 1, and it speaks of that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto them who are heirs of salvation so that in a way now I can't explain it to you I'm not going to try I don't go I don't speculate if I can help it I don't interfere with that but in some way or other they are willing servants helping us now we don't see them 
and we can't see them but they are doing for us continuously in some way or other they're helping us in different ways and we owe to them a debt because of their service rendered to us we appreciate it we don't see it they know all about it and God knows all about it there could be his messengers helping us as we make our way through life what, we, what they have done for us we may not know until eternity is reached but at least they are on our side because we are on the side of the Lord that they serve and obey then you say now what about these other creatures that you're talking about you've said a good wee bit about angels now what about demons now, what about them now you see we have to contend with them too but before I go into that for a moment I want to speak of the fact that these demons came in contact with the Lord during his earthly ministry and quite a number of those who were delivered by his almighty power were already possessed of demons that is they had taken up residence in, in people and you'll notice this that all that they ever did was always wrong and always bad. There's no such thing as a good demon. Now there's no such thing as a good deed that was done by demons. Any man they indwelt, they ruined him. They made a madman out of him. That's sad. That is to say, when they took possession, they definitely manifested power but it was always in the wrong direction it was always harmful then again you will agree maybe you haven't noticed it that as far as we can gather from our New Testament there were no demon possessed people around Judea they were all in Galilee maybe you didn't notice that that is to say it was where as it were the enemy had more sway that demon possession became an experience that was known now they tell me I haven't travelled as you know I'm very limited I'm not like these other preachers that go around the world I've been very limited in my movements but they tell me that in parts of Africa and in other parts of Malaysia and so on you would see demon work manifested in a way we never see it here we don't want to see it we're not after, after that but we must remember that those same evil spirits though they may not take possession of men they are still driving men in the wrong direction and much that we look upon as just the cruelties of men and it is the cruelty of men it's energized by forces beyond them operating in them the devil's agents as it were stirring up in people's minds ideas that are cruel and wicked and vile and wretched you see, listen to it very carefully. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And then that is the operation of the cruel foes of God and the armies of the devil carrying out the devil's work and influence in mankind in general. I hope, dear child of God, you haven't reached the stage where you're no longer thankful for your deliverance from satanic power he breaks the power of cancelled sin and sets the prisoner free and we're grateful to think, sing with the lady from this locality who wrote the hymn my chains are snapped the bonds of sin are broken and I am free oh let the triumphs of his grace be spoken who died for me it's a great thing that we've been delivered 
The goods have been delivered from the strong man's hand, and he has overcome the strong man, and he has delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It's great that we've been freed from satanic power. If you want to see evidence of Satan at his worst, as we would say, or these demons at their worst, you see it in that man and Gadara that we read about. And you notice that he's... He, now watch carefully. He, he's injurious to himself. He's cutting himself with stones. Now, yet, now you watch the world. And you have to admit that many of the things that the world indulges in, it's harmful to themselves. It's almost suicidal, some of the things. Those old drugs and all the different things that the world things go in for, they're always harmful to themselves. You see, the demons will always put into people's minds the idea of doing something that's harmful to themselves. And then again, you'll notice that he not only did that, but he, 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 he lived in, among the tombs, and he dwelt among the dead. Now, to a Jewish mind, that, of course, was always the defiled place, for to touch men's bones or anything like that was defiling. And he was always looking at something that was defiling. Now, you get this well in your mind, that the devils are always called unclean spirits. And all that corruption and evil and vile and wretched that's going on in the world is supported by these evil spirits. Much that you can't understand, you say, I can't understand to somebody why anybody would want to ruin his health by uh, taking drugs or doing something like that. But you see, it's cruelty. Cruelty to themselves. And then at the same time, it's uncleanness because they're ever called unclean spirits. Then again, they're not only unclean spirits and they're injurious to themselves but it's quite demonstrated here that they're outside of human control you see it can't be remedied now I know as well as you do and we needn't argue about it but you know that the whole governments of the world would want to put down crime and they'd want to get everybody to live nice and peaceful together if there was one word used here in this land this last lot of years is the word peace I think that nearly that nearly made my ears plastered with it I hardly know what yeah, it's peace peace every day you open your mouth no matter what it is all for peace and what are they made of it like you see it's like tying that man with the chains but he broke them and they talk about this, that, and the other. They love to see the world just a nice place to live in. And everybody good to each other. And all nice, friendly together. When you see them talking, you'd think it was just lovely. They're just putting a plaster on the thing, as it were. But the old boil is still there, and it bubbles out now and then. And men are just men still, and they'll still be corrupt, no matter what kind of government they have. And they'll never show it more clearly than when the man of sin that we were speaking about last night eh, comes into view. Then they'll be even worse than they are today. Now another side of things that I want us to think about, and this maybe is very close on us. Uh, we know from the sixth chapter of the uh, Epistle to the Ephesians, looking at me as if I'm a sort of a head case, I'm not mentally deficient, don't worry. I'm not altogether way. Now I know what I'm talking about. It just doesn't go the way you expect it. It's up. Often we're in a prayer meeting and somehow it's not easy praying. Now often it's spiritual forces that are making it difficult. 
we might have a struggle. Now that doesn't mean that we should be defeated. And we might have more than a usual difficulty to overcome. But you see, we wrestle not against and spiritual wickednesses in heavenly places. It's not just merely that they're in the meeting, but they're in that sphere that we want to enjoy most. And they are there, and they're a conflict to our souls. Let me put it again, a little statement for the We always want to be simpler meetings. Israel went into Canaan. Now, Canaan's not heaven. Oh, so somebody I thought sure it was a type of heaven did you well you need to think a wee bit again of course I don't think that you have to go and fight for a corner in heaven I don't think that you may think it if you like and you had to fight for the land of Canaan but Canaan's a picture and an illustration of the heavenly places and you have to fight for your place there as it were there's a struggle in the mind and in the soul and so we want us to understand that the 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 entering Canaan is a picture of that there they went in depending upon divine help and they conquered place after place and took possession of it now you say I don't understand that I'm not out fighting and I have no gun in my house and I have no bullets and I'm not fighting with a sword or anything now I know all that please keep it wise now just settle a second God has you as a believer and me as a believer he has destined us to have an inheritance an inheritance to enjoy. Now that inheritance is not a piece of land. But it's an inheritance of spiritual blessing. It's your aim and it ought to be mine as well to possess as much of those spiritual blessings as I can possibly obtain during a lifetime. That is, I'm to not only have those blessings but live in the good of them and live in the enjoyment of them. Now let me get one word over into your mind the angelic beings are in agreement with you but demons and all the enemies and intention is to keep you from enjoying what is yours in Christ that's why at times you must feel very sad and you say I shouldn't be sad that's why you say Do you know I can't sing today the way I used to sing I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know anything that I'm doing in my life I don't know anything that's wrong with me and yet I'm not as happy and sore as I would like to be. Oh dear child of God, you see we need divine power that he says just put on the armor that you may be able to resist that you withstand an evil day. That is to say I, I, I have the confidence in God the breastplate of faith and then I have the, the head uh, is covered with the shield and we could go on we don't want to go through the armor all that and the sword of the spirit the word of God oh how sweet it is when we can as it were look the body enemy in the face and say there's God's word for it no matter what your insinuations are and that's God's way and we can as it were take the sword and defeat the foe now we don't use a literal sword don't be carried away with the literal thing it's, it's God bringing home to our minds the struggle that we have with these evil forces that will definitely affect us while we're here on earth there's one great thing that will be ours when we reach heaven the fight will be over and the struggle will be ended and all that conflict with the satanic forces will be a thing of the past and we'll be at home with the Lord with all the charm that heaven would bring now maybe I should say and I don't want you to think me exaggerating but possibly those who have made most spiritual advancement 
are those who know most about satanic opposition. I'm not able to explain it too well, but you know that Paul says, now I'd have gone once or twice to you Thessalonians, but Satan hindered me. And there might be places where the gospel would penetrate, but you know Satan's doing his best to keep it out. Watch you don't help him now. Watch you're not on his side now. You see, there's a tr- not in this country so far, but you never know what spreads to Northern Ireland. There are some quarters a great opposition to the gospel, even among the Christians. Now, that's terrible to think about, isn't it? Don't even want the gospel. Now we'll, we'll listen to ministry, but don't want any gospel. Now that's an awful thing. That's very solemn. Now don't you be thinking I'm I'm dreaming now. I'm not dreaming. I'm not guessing. This is reality. Christians say it's lovely to listen to lovely ministry. Love, uh, we might call that wonderful ministry that never touches anything in their lives or never mentions anything that they're doing wrong. And they're just thrilled with it. They say it's beautiful. Not a ripple. Mother how careless they're living and just makes them feel happy. They say that's the ministry. That's what we love. But don't ask us to worry about the gospel. Don't ask us to try and attend a three weeks of gospel meetings. You couldn't stand it for three weeks. You might stick it for a week, but you couldn't have it any longer. You know, I was in places uh, in myself, and I was not uh, no man at all in that sense. I'm not as experienced a mean as other men. And I have been in places where they actually said, like you know, uh, after a week of meetings, I get very tired. I'll have to take a night or two off to get rested. I said, I don't know how you do in our country for maybe have 15 or 16 weeks of meetings. And I don't know how you come every night. Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't stand anything more than a week. Now, I can bear a week of meetings, but I couldn't bear any more. I would get exhausted. I couldn't stand it. Oh, dreadful. It's awful to have to go two weeks for the gospel. A preacher told me here, and I don't mind, you know, I don't mention his name, but he told me straight to see, you know, sometimes I suggest when they ask me to a certain place, maybe we should have a few gospel meetings. Oh, well, now, we didn't want that. We wanted ministry. When he said, but now, if you insist on it, we'll give you a week, but we wouldn't give you any more. Just one week. Now, we don't want you any more now. And then after that, you can have the ministry, but we don't want you to another any more than one week. That'll be far too long. So, you see, people are getting to a stage where even the gospel's are weariness to them. And the winning of the lost, do you see, the carrying of the burden of the gospel, they don't like it. They think that's not encouraging, that's not the thing we want. We want something lighter and something that will cheer us up. May the Lord preserve us here in the north of Ireland. Some of us will soon be gone and you'll get a wee bit of peace maybe when we're left here. But we would want you to think that when we're not here, that the zeal for the gospel would continue right to the very end. The devil's against it and don't take sides with him. Demons are against it and don't be adding to their number. Have nothing to do with that. Keep as clear of that as possible. The wonderful thought is this. I think I've already hinted at it. That the, the angels will rejoice forever at the triumphs of Christ. To see their great creator, the one they ministered to on earth, to see him in majesty and glory. And when the eternal day has started to roll its endless race. It's a wonderful thought, you know, eternal day. I don't know any of you Christians ever let your minds run on at all or not. Just to that time when there will be no more changes. When all's over and God's great program is complete. 
and angels will enjoy their portion in that coming day you say what about those demons you're talking about well they took sides with their master or with the one that they chose to be their master they took sides with the devil and we read about the fact that they're going to land in the same place as him now the Lord Jesus said it and you can't question it he said the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels so the devil's angels go down to the lake of fire where the Lord's angels go up to eternal glory and you all know too well there was a time when we feared the lake of fire and rightly so don't let anybody fool you that you never were on the way to hell for that's not true don't let them fool you we felt it keenly we were in grave danger and there came the moment when we were so afraid that we sought the Saviour blessed be his name he pitied us and he saved us blessed be his name we praise him forever for that isn't it great that now we're on the right side that we're on the winning side that we're associated with Christ who suffered shame on the cross and the same time is risen and we're risen with him and to think of it isn't it marvellous to ponder it that the inheritance that he has purchased with his own blood that we're going to share it forever we're going to share it with the eternal glory we who were children of wrath even as others for it's well to see that those who are so highly honoured at Ephesus in chapter 1 were just children of wrath even as others now no difference God's anger burning against them just the same as others get that well into your mind for some of you don't understand that the fact that they were then saved didn't mean that they weren't children of wrath at a time before it Paul makes that perfectly clear so we need to be very careful in our understanding that we were children of wrath even as others and we might have been in hell but for God's mercy and grace his love toward us and that blessed experience of putting our trust in Christ taking sides with our blessed Lord and we're going to share his glory throughout eternal day may the Lord help us time is short as we said last night life goes through quickly those angels not only do what they're bid but they do it with speed they fly they fly they don't drag their feet they carry out their commissions and they do it for the glory of God may we be like that made haste said the psalmist and they led not to obey thy commandments but sometimes we do a thing but we do it very slowly very slowly there's a slithery thing about us maybe you don't know what that means up here but there's something like that there's a slithery thing and a slow thing about us God will have us not only do the thing but do it willingly because it's his will and his will must ever be honoured may the Lord pity us all and preserve us in his grace and help us to learn from these unseen creatures I should have maybe pointed out that when angels did appear on earth and they did sometimes in the old economy it's the Lord himself in angelic form but they always appeared in human bodies because we wouldn't have been able to have contact with them otherwise I'm not going into that but they always did appear in that way so that men could speak to them and they could speak to men and they not only had knowledge but they had ways of wording it and they could speak our language it was marvellous to think of these things but we must leave that and close the meeting shall we pray